This week on the podcast, we are kicking off a brand new mini-series of ones to watch interviews ahead of the 2022 breakthrough season. There'll be one man and one woman per episode who have either already been banging on the door of the championship series or who will be making their first appearances this year. From under-23 world champions to rising stars and raw talents, we'll be getting to know a few of the faces you'll be seeing a lot more of over the coming months on triathlonlive.tv. Starting off today with the dynamic duo of USA's Chase McQueen and Emma Lombardi of France. Hope you enjoy it, and don't forget you can reach us at podcast at triathlon.org to let us know who you want to hear from, what you want more of, and why. The USA's Chase McQueen seized his opportunities with both hands in 2021, making the transition from Continental Cups to the World Triathlon top tier look easy, with a fine display at WTCS Leeds before going on to bring home the US team to mixed relay gold at the end of a brutal weekend of racing in Montreal. Definitely one to keep an eye on as we look ahead to 2022 and with arguably the greatest name in the sport, Chase McQueen, welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you? I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I am currently in uh, Los Angeles in the United States. It's uh, seven in the morning. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, definitely appreciate you reaching out and looking forward to our conversation. 7am. Well, um, yeah, appreciate the early start then. and. <laughs> Hope you got some good, uh, some good fuel in you already. Um, oh, no worries. A couple of coffees. Yeah, good stuff. Well, yeah, I, you know, the thinking behind this series is to obviously get to know some of the newer names on the start lists for 2022. So I thought maybe better to front load it with some quick fire questions, if that's all right by you. Um, yeah, that sounds perfect. But actually, before we start, uh, I do feel like we need to definitively clear up the fact that regardless of what Google says, your dad was not a Cobra Kai OG from Karate Kid 1 and 2, and your granddad is not Steve McQueen, uh, and you're not 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. We, uh, yeah, I tried to clear that up a little bit when we were racing, but um, yeah, I'm not Steve McQueen's grandson. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my, my grandparents were a little thrown off whenever that got brought up. I don't know if it was if it was Leeds or Montreal. I think it was Montreal. <laughs> it was Montreal. Um, they were like... Oh, they were watching. <laughs> yeah, they were watching and they're like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, like, I think he's... I'm pretty sure he's our grandson. Um, <laughs> no, that was it. Yeah, everybody had a good joke about it. We still talk about it. I think it's funny just in everyday life, like now... I either with with the older generation, I always get asked if I'm related to Steve McQueen. And then, you know, then the younger generation is always Lightning McQueen and cars. So one of the two things, but it's it's a good good time for sure. <laughs> yeah. So just to clap like the um yeah, so Trevor on the, had obviously done the same thing and Googled you and come up with that and, <laughs> and during the Montreal race. So we were, you know, in the kind of on the course there as well and heard him say it and then I was just like how did we not know this this is huge like we, we've got to we've got to get to get busy with this and then uh, yeah quickly debunked <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny what are the odds too right like if you actually look up you know my name or whatever on wikipedia it's like i guess Stephen mcqueen has a grandson named chase like that's kind of crazy and he's close to my age like who knew right yeah and uh the name chase i mean i suppose it's a fairly common um name in the states as well right but is there any kind of link there or is it just no yeah it's just i think they liked it um yeah. we yeah my parents don't i mean they were like they competed in high school and did like local sports and things but um you know they just stay fit now with some running and working out but nothing like super serious 
um, never did a triathlon. And yeah, I think, I don't even really, I guess that's an interesting story conversation as well as just like getting into the sport. Um, my background's all in swimming, but I just started out like doing a local triathlon for fun with some friends um, in my hometown. And, and that's kind of how I got into it. And then it just went from there. What age was that, that you, that, that first race? It was, I think it was, I was like 14 or 15. I was a freshman in high school. Um, I think, yeah, I, I started racing some local triathlons uh, just around, I grew up in Indiana and in, in the state of Indiana in the United States, but I, I did some local triathlons around there. And then um, finally kind of got noticed, I guess, to there's, we have like a junior elite series that we race uh, in the United States for, you know, 16 to 19 year olds. And when I turned 16, I started that. And that mm. was my first ever like draft legal race, um, you know, where it was a lot, a lot different style than like racing on a TT bike. Um, so yeah, that, that really caught my attention, caught my interest. And I, I started to change all my focus towards that um, my last few years of high school and swimming, like the swimming and biking always came a little more naturally to me. My background, like I said, was in swimming. So that was, I was always like right there on the swim, but I definitely have had to really work on my run and developing my run. And that's been a work in progress still today. But um, I just remember being blown away by how like fast everybody was moving around me. I was like in transitions. I was kind of like looking around, like what's everyone doing? What should I be doing? Um, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, I think just the whole atmosphere is just a lot different than what I imagined I think like so fast paced everybody's you know super talented and it's just like a cool uh cool environment and group to be a part of and did you how, like how quickly after that um that's that 16 year old race did you feel right this is this is my path now this is what I want to dedicate myself to yeah so I think I I always knew that you know, after a few races or after a couple years of racing juniors, I think I always knew that my passion was in triathlon. That's where I like really was the most happy. Um, but I, I was more like talented in swimming and more, I'd say like single sport, at least in the United States, we, we don't have a very good like system for collegiates to go, uh, to university on scholarship and things like that for triathlon. So I was really focused on either swimming or running in college because financially that was like the smartest move. Mm. Um, and I was at this point, you know, by, by the time I was 17 or 18, I was pretty like burnt out of swimming. I was swimming, you know, like 10,000 yards a day, like crazy big weeks when I was 17, 18 years old. And I just was like, I can't do this for another four years in college. Like, I don't want to go swim. Um, and so then I, I kind of switched my focus to like, okay, what's the best move for me to improve in triathlon? And that was a pretty, yeah, it was pretty clear that I needed to really improve my running to be competitive at the highest level. And so I decided I wanted to run at university. So I, I ended up um, running at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona um, for two years. I planned to run there for four years, but while I was doing that, I was still kind of competing in triathlon on the side. Um, it wasn't as, you know, dedicated of a schedule, but I was still very much swimming and biking and trying to race like the, I think I raced the junior world championships when I was a freshman in college. Um, but yeah, eventually 
USA Triathlon sort of recognized this uh, lack of, they were losing a lot of good junior triathletes to single sport athletics in college. Um, and it wasn't as apparent on the girl side, it was more apparent on the guy's side. And so they created this program, they recognized that need and kind of created this program called Project Podium, which is based in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and they, they brought in some people that are my age, um, pulled them from kind of their universities, offered, you know, a similar package or deal to what you would see with like a single sport scholarship and, and running or swimming. And um, I think, yeah, I don't know, some of the guys like Austin Heinemann, you would probably recognize Dar mm -hmm. Smith. There's a few people in that group that, that I grew up racing with. And it was like, it was our dream sort of to always, you know, be living together and training together and doing that sort of thing. And as soon as USAT sort of offered that to all of us, we, we committed to that and we, uh, we all sort of moved to Phoenix, moved in together, uh, started training together. And I guess that's how, that's how I started taking triathlon a lot more serious. I, I, I always knew that I eventually wanted to focus on it, but, um, this was like the first real opportunity where I was like, okay, I can, I can really go all in on this. Nice project podium it doesn't leave much to the imagination does it it's like right this is <laughs> what it is we, and you were like so you were the first class of you know yeah 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 actually so i think the the only two guys standing from the first class were me and austin right. um austin Heinemann, and he obviously was i he was a junior world champion in cozumel and he had had some really good results and um he was like a huge person to bring into that program. And I think we, we always knew that we wanted to be training together and doing things like that. So um, it was like, it was really cool to be a part of that. And it's cool to see how it's developed since then as well. Cause that was, that was three and a half years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously, yeah, it's proven a success. It's carrying on it. There's still every year they they'll bring in another, another bunch did, and they came to you or did you have to apply or. Yeah, they, they came to me. I think now that it's a little bit more, uh, I guess, organized, it's, it's more of like a lot of people in the junior series, ha, you know, have that opportunity or they can try to shoot for that when they're racing as a 16 and 19 year old. So they kind of, it's more clear that, you know, the path is there. Um, they can decide to do that if they want to. And then obviously it's more of a mutual relationship. Like USAT has to be interested in uh, committing and investing in you as well. So there's definitely, it's more, there's a lot of younger guys now, like um, Drew Schellenberger raced junior worlds this year, Keller Norland, a lot of the guys that are racing, like, you know, at the top level for juniors, a lot of those guys are what they're trying to get into that program. Hmm. How was that as a, as a first, as a freshman in high school going to Virginia world champs, <laughs> Rotterdam 2017, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's been quite an experience. Yeah, Rotterdam was like a really cool race for me. I think I had only raced internationally a couple times and um, it was really cool for me because my my parents got to go and I my family was there, which was pretty cool. It seems strange thinking about those times now, but um, yeah, Rotterdam, it was, God, I remember it just being pouring rain, freezing cold. Oh God, cold. yeah, the conditions were terrible, weren't they? Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but that was my, that was one of my first races racing, like a lot of uh, big names, you know, a lot of really good competitors in the sport and people that are still racing today. I think I remember Matt Hauser uh, and Vasco, uh, they were both like, you know, right there. Mm -hmm. um, but 
yeah that the rain was crazy i remember like i was freezing my ass off in the water i think yeah was, i came out and i was in a good spot i was like the last person to make the front group and i kind of was just like yo-yoing on and off the back the whole the whole 20k of the bike um and then i was just freezing on the run too but that was a good race it was it was definitely like a really cool place to be yeah amazing so so that yeah that is there is that shift at the moment in america is there in the states with with college triathlon that was perhaps like you said yeah people were maybe understandably dedicating themselves more to just the one sport and then perhaps only come into triathlon after after college right i mean the, the you know college setup for sport in the states has always kind of fascinated me it just you know it's such an incredible huge like just production isn't it i mean regardless of yeah. what sport almost like there's a friend who um whose kid is just like, i just saw it on this morning on instagram and he's just he's wrestling for a school in uh new jersey and yeah like this hundreds of people watching and he's just crushed this guy and everyone's going nuts and there's hundreds of comments on instagram and it's like yeah there's this brick kid like wrestling for new jersey and, um yeah i mean it's just such a breeding ground for 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 great sport it's no wonder the u.s produces so many great sportsmen right sportsmen and women yeah it's a really cool pipeline i guess for the highest level and i think you look at pretty much any sport like you said you look at swimming you look at running and to be uh to be an NCAA champion or to be like competing at the highest level, you pretty much have to be, you have to be world-class, right? Like to win an NCAA title in swimming, you have a pretty, you have just as good of a chance of winning the Olympics pretty much like same thing in running. You, you have to be at the very best. And like, they've done a such, such a good job, I think developing people, but also, you know, they, I think even in, in, the UK, like a lot of people want to come to college in the, in the States just to compete in sport because the, the level is so high and you can mm. surround yourself with people that are like-minded and have similar talents as you. So I think you're spot on. Like that's, that's definitely like a lot of sports have figured that out. And I think triathlon, USA triathlon, the, the people that call the shots are trying to, they're, they're recognizing that we need to have that sort of same thing. You know, if we want to be the best in triathlon, then we have to have a pipeline that's um, that's just as competitive as the other sports. And being part of that yourself, but more through swimming perhaps at that stage, is there is there a bit of a burn and churn college sport as well of, you know, the, just by virtue of the, the sheer numbers of people doing it and, and you know, a lot of people presumably getting close to or, or, or tasting huge success in what is effectively, you know, big fish in a small pond kind of situation and then and then not pushing on. Is is there a bit of a is there a flip side to it all as well of, you know, a lot of people totally. nearly making it and not and then kind of having their, their hopes crushed like before they've even begun in a way? Yeah, totally. It's totally changed from like if you want to do a sport you can't just really do it for fun anymore. Like, you know, it kind of has to be very committed, very competitive. I remember, I mean, luckily when I was a kid, I, I got to compete in swimming and running and, um, you know, I played soccer and basketball. Like I did all the sports just for fun because my parents allowed me to do that, I think. Uh, and I'm very blessed to say that that's how my parents handled my childhood. But I think a lot of people today, um, you know, they're committing full on to these sports when they're 10, 11, like nine years old. And it's like, 
I look at people swimming in high school and they're swimming, you know, 60,000 yards a week or 70,000 yards a week. And it's like, yeah, no wonder they get to 20 years old and it's like, they don't want to do this anymore. You're running in high school to try to get a college scholarship and you're doing 60, 70 miles a week, you know, hundred K a week. And it's like, these guys are 16, 17 years old. It's like, let them just kind of do what they want for fun. And, um, and then they have a better chance of, sustaining that you know or at least like enjoying it when when they're older i think yeah it's interesting for sure yeah but those ones that do break through that did start when they were eight then kind of make it set an impossible level of ability for everyone else to try and get up ah god yeah it's crazy (laughs) i mean i think like even you just have to be so good nowadays to like even be recognized and swimming like you know i can say let's say I swim 435 in the 500 freestyle, like in triathlon, maybe that's fast, but in, in actual collegiate swimming, like there's girls that swim that fast, you know, like it's, it's just insane. It's crazy. All right. So before we still haven't got to the quick four questions, but that does lead (laughs) me into one thing that I do want it. So, you know, as a a slightly sort of want to go a bit of a deep one, but how do you feel right now at the age of 23, there's a new Olympic cycle underway. You had a great 2021 really punched through. You've got a massive few years ahead that can shape your career. Like you now starting that new season, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the sport? How does, how do you look three, four years down the line or, or do you not? Yeah, hundred percent. I think I, I definitely am looking, trying to look three or four years down the line. I, I really want to focus on Paris. Um, and I think I'm totally committed to that. I definitely want to try to stay, you know, in the present and not get too far ahead of myself, but I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't the long, like that's not my long-term goal. I think 100% I want to be competing in Paris. Um, but I think in terms of this year, it's really just about trying to continue that progress, like building confidence, racing WTCS. Like I still, I think I've only done three, three races at that level. So I'm still like learning pretty much every time I'm doing, doing a race. Um, but I want to just be competitive and I want to be like, continue to throw myself in the race and just, you know, keep trying to put the pieces together, keep chipping away at like really proving that I belong there. Um, but I think, yeah, for sure for this year, I'm planning on racing a couple WTCS races. I want to do, uh, Abu Dhabi at the end of the year, this is my first year out of U23. So I think um, Mm. really try to focus on racing more of the series, have a good result at, at Abu Dhabi. Want to try to crack a couple top tens, you know, just be in the mix. That's the biggest thing. Um, Focus on my strengths, not, not race to everyone else. I think it's really hard. I remember like being in Leeds and just looking around and being like, wow, these are, I'm racing guys that I've, you know, watched on TV and looked up to for so long. And it's hard to like, just kind of gather yourself and, and remember that like you belong there too. And, and just like not look around and worry what everyone else is doing and just, just race, you know, we, if you're there, you deserve to be there. And I think um, you just have to race to your strengths if you want to have, if you want to have the best result. Quite. And you, you know, you've been obviously kind of traveling the world, doing the, the, continental cup stuff and presumably had to be kind of you know it is and we're going to be talking to like Chonga Lehman obviously U23 world champ from last year from Hungary and Albert Pedersen she won the 
the Huatulco World Cup. And, you know, the, I suppose I wonder if like a theme for these these interviews is going to be patience. Like, do you feel like you've had to kind of bide your time? I mean, like you said, this is only your first year out of the U23, but, um, you know, with the pandemic and the pause and so on, like, have you... You, you kind of have to bide your time, right? And and see what those slightly more established athletes above you, ahead of you in the pecking order are doing and then and kind of react to that a bit as well. Does that, being part of that USAT engine, make it harder, make it easier, make you need to be more patient? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think you touched on some really good points. Like, I'm, I'm just now getting to the spot where I think I'm ranked fifth in the United States. So it's like a lot easier to get into, not easy, but it's, I can actually get into like races that I want to do now. Like last year is kind of just like sit back, you know, let's see who nominates for what races, what can I get on? And I was, I think before I raced Leeds, I figured out that I got on the start list like 10 days before or something. So it's like, you're totally right. Like we're, we're in an interesting situation where we kind of just have to, sit back, be patient, wait to see what else is going on around us and try to capitalize on opportunities that we're given. Um, and luckily, you know, I, I tell some of the guys that I train with, like, like Austin and, and Dar who have gotten some big opportunities, but like this year for me, I just got really lucky with getting big opportunities. And I think if you capitalize on those opportunities, you're going to get more opportunities, you know, and, um, for me, yeah, it's just it's just going to be about continuing that process, continuing to chip away, continuing to make progress on uh, my weaknesses, and and hopefully, you know, one, two, three years down the line, I can continue to just be higher in the mix. It was an interesting one in many ways. The leads for it for your first World Series uh, leads race. Um, I was going to make some pun about you making a splash in leads, but I won't go there. But um, <laughs> For starters, you know, it was it was a bubble scenario, not quite as tight as in Yokohama or uh, or subsequently in Montreal, I guess. But um, the, and the course was switched to outside the city and so on. But at the same time, I don't know, the, those sort of communal bus rides out out of town to the park to the, the for the familiarizations and so on. They kind of seem to lend a little an interesting, different atmosphere to, to the whole weekend. How it presumably wasn't quite how you necessarily pictured it in your mind with, you know, having to everyone sort of get their food and take it back to their room and so on. And, you know, there wasn't perhaps that kind of communal vibe going on that you might've hoped for, but yeah. How was your, so 10 days out, you only just found out that you were even on the list. Uh, it must've yeah been a, a real buzz and the anticipation must've been huge. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think I, I knew that that was going to be the biggest race of my life for sure. And I think, um, I was just excited for the opportunity. I was coming off like a continental cup in Africa. I was just like, I'm going to go from this, you know, pretty low tier race in the middle of nowhere to the highest level where, you know, it's a pretty stacked start list. There's a lot of guys on the start list that I've, I mean, I've looked up to for a very long time. Um, and, and getting there, you know, I, I didn't really care that it was a bubble, like, I, I was just excited to be there. I was excited to have the opportunity. I think, um, I got to meet, honestly, like the bus rides and stuff. I got to meet a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have otherwise met. You know, I got to interact with these people that I've looked up to and, and that was really cool for me. And I think, um, 
even even on the start line though i was just like am i like am i really here right now like this is crazy like i've dreamed about this forever you know and to have that opportunity and then to actually like not that i had an amazing race but to be to be in the mix you know and like to actually be at the front of the race for a little bit with the swim and it's just like it's just like a surreal position to be in and i think that experience was like it gave me a lot of confidence it gave me a lot of um I mean, yeah, it gave me a lot of new friends too. Like that was just a really cool, a cool experience for me. Nice. Yeah. And, and I mean, you've kind of flew out of the blocks there as well. You were kind of out in the clear water in the early stages. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you can tell that you're a swimmer, obviously like your stroke is so just smooth on, on both sides. There's no, yeah. For anyone that wants to kind of look back on triathlon live and see that, that first four minutes of, of you out front and then behind you know there's the sort of more thrashing is it is that do you can you tell who's from a swimming background and who isn't by virtue of that kind of smoothness of their stroke do you think yeah i think so and it's uh it's interesting like i don't i wouldn't even say that my stroke it's long and whatever it's smooth but like it's maybe not the best triathlon stroke right like my my turnover is pretty low like you look at a lot of guys like other really good swimmers like Varga or Vince and, um, and you see like a higher turnover, it's more sustainable. Like my, mm. my pool stroke is really good. Maybe I should race the arena games. Um, my pool, <laughs> <laughs> my pool stroke is, is powerful and it's whatever, but, um, yeah. And in, in triathlon, it's different. Like who knows, you know, you could have a bad stroke and still really be a good swimmer. Mm. Um, it's more about just like having good, you got to have like a, good base level of fitness but you also have to be able to um you know fight and handle like people all around you and and people are kicking and shoving and you you got to be able to like i think awareness is the biggest thing like you just have to know what's going on around you and you have to be aware of where you're at and where you're where you're trying to get and then you have to have the fitness to back it up yeah yeah i suppose actually yeah, i think leads leads though was maybe just a a case of too high of a heart rate or something you know my first 200 i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna get out because i was i was terrified you know like i'm right i'm lined up next to alistair brownlee i'm like these guys are gonna crush me in this first 200 like whatever and i was like i gotta get out hard if anything i gotta get out hard so were yeah, you actually pretty crazy. close to alistair on the start line itself then yeah i think i i was like a, maybe two spots away from him um, I think I lined up next to, oh God, I don't even know. It was, it was so, it's like interesting because there were, you know, like Alistair, he was like a low number because he hadn't been racing a lot. So I was around a lot of people that were still really good swimmers. Um, but yeah, it was, for me, it was just like head down, get out as hard as possible. And, and then hopefully I can last for a 1500. <laughs> And yeah, for it being your first race, like how that kind of unfolded that, that little incident. I mean, it's been deliberated and digested a million times, but people saying, well, it's just part and parcel and some people being outraged by it. But regardless of all of that, for that to happen uh, in your first race, it must have like been quite a surprise as well, right? <laughs> regardless yeah, of everything honestly, else, though, it's like, whoa, is this really happening again? Another, is this really yeah. happening moment? Totally. I think uh, it's weird. Like I was telling just to like clear things up. I was telling people after the race, like I didn't even, I knew Alistair was next to me, but I didn't, there was no moment in the race where 
maybe it was adrenaline or energy, whatever. I never like felt that I got dunked by anyone, which mm. I think that happens like a lot, probably like there is a lot of, it's just physical, right? Like that's just a sport of triathlon. Um, but after the race, like people are kind of walking up to me like, Oh, you, like you got, did you hear Alistair got disqualified because of you or whatever? Like, it's like, I was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I think like, again, you're right. Like it was surreal for me. It was just a cool experience because I'm like, I can see I'm swimming next to Alistair, you know, like who cares what's going on above the water? Like I'm next to Alistair. I'm at the front of the race. Like that's the place I want to be. And I, you know, I knew that in the race and that's just like, it's just a cool thing to, to be, to be a part of that. And I think, you know, whatever, after the race, like, it's not like I have any hard feelings towards Alistair. Like we get dunked and pushed around all the time, you know? So, um, I think for me, it was more about just the experience. I was like happy to be there and it was cool to be a part of it. And it's unfortunate that it happened, but, um, luckily like there weren't any serious ramifications, I guess. Yeah. And in hindsight, it was always going to be, you know, it's Alistair at his home race and it was always going to be a big moment wasn't it people were always going to be talking about it and it just <laughs> happened to be your first race as well <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was more about like after the race just sort of the press around the whole thing was like yeah is this really happening you know like this is kind of crazy so I was like it was whatever I was trying to just keep to myself and focus but um it was definitely yeah it was definitely a big deal I guess <clears throat> and to have you know someone like Alex Yi win that race as well where at that stage of the season it still wasn't clear if he was going to be going to Tokyo and everything that's happened since it you know you kind of look at that race as like oh yeah that was that was Alex's race but you know he's still for a young guy like part of your kind of generation in a lot of ways of, of coming through so that as well must have, must be like a nice takeaway from that race that it kind of that was definitely the the trajectory that it undoubtedly already had started but that, you know, yeah kicked him into a hell of a year yeah if it wasn't clear then it's clear now you know it's yeah. that's what should have happened and he's obviously he capitalized on that moment and he proved that he belonged there and i mean yeah his success speaks for itself so your like biggest takeaway from that race that yeah as you were going through it as you were traveling back what was your what was your abiding like lesson learned or or main main takeout I think it was just confidence. Like, I think I just racing that race. I was, you know, I had some key takeaways where like, got to improve some bike power, got to improve out of U-turns, got to be faster in T2. Like there were some little things like that, but more so than anything, it was just like, okay, I, I like belong racing at this level. Like I deserve to be here. And I think um, that gives you a lot of confidence and I carried that confidence into other races and hopefully that just continues. Um, but I think, it was just like a, it was a breakthrough moment for me because I learned that, you know, the difference between the top level, like the difference between the very best guys like Vince and, you know, Yelly and all these really great athletes. It's like, it's not, it's not like that far away. And it's, and I think for me going into that race, I was like, these guys are so much better than me. And they are, you know, like they are better than me for sure. But it was just like realizing that the gap isn't just absolutely massive. I was like, this is actually attainable for me. Eventually I can get to that level if I keep chipping away. And is it um combination of, you know, like 
another couple of seasons of, of training and keeping that building and another couple of seasons of race experience and being at the pointy end of those and do you see it kind of breaking down into that what it what it, what it will be for for you to kind of be shoulder to shoulder with those guys yeah yeah I think I I it's just about like kind of putting the pieces together and I think I even from Leeds you know like in Leeds I was strong on the swim kind of hanging on on the bike and had a pretty bad run and then in Montreal it was like you know I, I got a little bit better like my bike was I was at the front of the bike race like I learned I improved upon that and then went to Edmonton and raced U23 Worlds and I was in at the front of the race until 5k through the run um, you know it's just like every single race you kind of need to take ownership of um, I've learned that I've need to take ownership at least of things that I need to improve upon and then it's just about trying to trying to learn and trying to capitalize on opportunities um and i think yeah one or two years down the line hopefully i can just keep keep putting those pieces together keep chipping away and that being able to bring home the gold in your first mixed relay appearance representing the u.s team and and kind of taking the tape uh has got to rank up there as one of the best feelings you've had so far surely yeah that was it was unbelievable i think it's one thing to race for yourself and and it's another thing to race you know with the pressure of not letting anybody down and i think luckily those you know seth and kirsten taylor did a really really good job of setting me up and putting me in a spot where i could be confident and i could be um you know i i just i was in the race i was at the front of the race and i was like i had all the pressure in the world not to let them down because they did such a good job for me for sure but exactly so had something happened, whether it was in your control or not, and, and you hadn't then, you know, from what is a highest high and a, yeah, I, I did it. And like, we did it together guys to, oh yeah, you three did it. And I, I didn't, that would have been, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the, in the scheme of like the, the kind of momentum that a 23 year old kind of coming into the next season needs, those are the small differences, right? Those are the things that can make a huge, a huge dent or, or push forward. hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I think anytime that I am lacking confidence or I'm like needing to go back and fall back on something in racing, like Montreal, the relay is what I fall back on because I think that's probably one of the, I mean, it's probably the race that I'm most proud of and it's probably the best race that I've put together in terms of swim, bike and run. And I know it was just, a super sprint and it was a relay but i i did gain a lot of confidence from that race and i think that was a huge stepping stone for me just knowing again that like i i belong here and i i deserve to be racing at this level and i i'm capable of it and and i still have a lot to prove and i'm going to keep keep working hard to um put those pieces together for like a full distance or a sprint distance and individual race and hopefully more relay opportunities as well yeah, I mean, watching the guys bring home the the medal in the in Tokyo as well must have been like you can't surely helped in that situation as well. Kind of fast forwarding a few years, <laughs> thinking, ah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was amazing. I think I spent some time in Boulder before the Olympics, training with Kevin and Morgan, yeah. um, and just seeing how those guys work and seeing their um, work ethic, and it's God, I can't imagine like the pressure you know, going into that where the relay, it's like all the pressure is there. You're expected to win a medal and you have to do it. Um, and especially for Morgan, like to 
to come off the individual race that he had, like knowing that he was for sure let down and he was disappointed, but then to show up on the biggest way in the biggest way and on the biggest stage and bring home a silver medal for that team. Like it was amazing. It's inspiring. Like they've really set the standard for what it takes in USA triathlon to be, uh, to be at that level. And I think as a male, especially like they've just raised the bar and it's, it's cool to see that it's good for the sport. It's good for USA triathlon. And it's, um, it's definitely made me a better athlete. And showed that it's, you know, you've got to be there. Like you said, you've got to take advantage of those opportunities. Nobody would have, they, they weren't guaranteed slots in Tokyo by any stretch at the start of the year, were they? I mean, you know, Kevin was kind of, he felt good about it, but there was Eli and there was Matt and there was, you know, plenty other people ready to snap up that, that opportunity if they were fit and ready to go. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of what raises the bar. Like everybody has to be held accountable because they, you know, everyone, if, if it's not going to be you, it's going to be somebody else, you know? So if, if you're not going to be fit and ready and can't capitalize on the opportunities that you're given, then somebody else will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time with Matt and Eli and those guys as well. And it's just like, there's no difference in work ethic. You know, they all, everybody works hard. Everybody is like very talented. Um, it's just a matter of showing up and performing on race day. And I think, um, yeah, luckily for USA triathlon, it paid off in the Olympics. How was the, uh, yeah, the, the atmosphere in Boulder then with those two, at what stage of their buildup was that? And did you, how long were you with them? Did you sense like, was, was there a, the, the pressure slowly building? Could you, could you feel it kind of emanating from them a little bit? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. I was with them. Um, I was with, I was with them maybe a week before they left to Tokyo. Right. So I was with them for the full month of like the big buildup. Um, and I was mostly there for Morgan. I was doing a lot of swimming with Morgan and I think, I did spend a lot of time training with Kevin as well, but, um, I mean, to see how just the, the, there's so many things outside of training that are distracting, you know, from press and interviews and movie like, or videos and films, like everybody is just, it's all about like the show. And, and for those guys, like, it's just like, we want to just work hard and train and not have anything to distract us and trying to manage that process. Like, I bet it was really hard and I know it was really hard for those guys, but to see that for me was like a, a learning experience because even though I wasn't going to the Olympics, I kind of got to feel like I did the, I learned like a lot of things from the buildup. And I think um, hopefully I can carry some of that into, into my future in the sport as well. But yeah, the pressure, I mean, they were training so hard. It was just to see that level was like inspiring stuff. Yeah. Yeah. God, and imagine a home games, LA 2028, how that could, how that could be. It's that, that kind of the poison chalice, isn't it? Of, I mean, the incredible moment of a home games versus just ratcheting up that pressure again and again. Yeah. I can't imagine that. It's yeah, it's crazy. That'd be a dream. I think that would be, especially being in LA. I actually, I just moved to Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool place. This, I mean, the, the States would be so behind that race. It'd be unbelievable. I can't even imagine. I remember racing, even just racing as a junior, I raced in Chicago at that world championships. Oh yeah. And that still to this day, it's like, 
that was probably one of the coolest races I've ever done. It was a duathlon. It was raining, but like just being in the States is like, has a, has a surreal feeling to it for somebody that's from the States. Mm. I'm yeah. sure it's like racing in Leeds, you know, as Alistair or as Alex, like, it's just, it's another level. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What would be your kind of dream location in the States for a, for WTCS then? I, th- I think LA, like, I think that'd be really cool. I think, um, I actually raced a continental cup on the future 2028 LA course. Um, I think it's probably going to change a lot. They, it was only a sprint distance, so I didn't get to see the full thing, but, um, it was a really cool venue ocean swim. Like just Mm. being in, in LA is really cool. I think super league, like in Malibu, I think that was probably in terms of like ideal locations to race and to be Malibu is definitely like one of the coolest places in the United States. Um, but also I don't know how feasible it is to put on a huge event there and, um, it'd be obviously really expensive, but Mm. yeah, we'll see. That'd be, I think Los Angeles is a great venue. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Brilliant. Well, some of that, uh, will come up in these quick five questions, which we will finally get to now, uh, before we run out of time for you so um if you are sitting comfortably we're just gonna (laughs) bang through them your breakthrough race the one that you walked away from feeling like you had really punched through leads i think um yeah that's the race where i i really gained a lot of confidence and i carried with i carried that with me into into the rest of the season but that was for sure the the breakthrough race in my career who would be your perfect training partner for a week and where would it be? Oh, this isn't, this one's interesting. I think luckily I've had the opportunity to train with a lot of like, in terms of like us triathletes, like that's, you know, I've got to train with Morgan and Kevin and Matt and, and Dar and Austin, like those are all, you know, dream training partners for me. But I think if I could go back into um, go back to high school, and train in high school with, you know, my high school friends in, in my hometown with my parents. I never get like, it's, it's rare that I get to go home anymore. So like seeing them would be really cool. Um, but I think just like all my best friends from high school, you know, like they, it's hard to like get together with everybody now, like everybody's working and everybody's doing different things. But I always think about like, going back to my hometown and, and riding with my friends from high school and swimming with my swim team. Like if I could just go do that, you know, you take that stuff for granted when you're there, but looking back on it now, it's like, man, I had it, I had it really good. So I think, I think I'd do that. A good 20, 20 deep posse just training back at high school. That's a, that, yeah, that shows <laughs> good memories from school then for sure. That, that yeah. suggests. Um, biggest inspiration could be from in or outside of the sport. Uh, I think in the sport, I, th- I would say, I would say Alistair and, and Vince. I think those are two guys that I've really looked up to for the longest time. I remember for sure coming into the sport, it was always Alistair and, and Johnny just because they were dominating. And I think now it's more, it's more Vince. I think he's just like a, he's a class act. He's, he's a really down to earth guy and um, he's inspired me in the sport for sure. Outside of the sport, I think probably my, my parents, they've, they just always really set a good example for me. They've sacrificed a lot for me to be able to do what I do. And I think um, they've always held me to 
a standard that, you know, I have to hold myself accountable and um, they've just set a great example. So I think I would say my parents. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there is plenty of people that would have Vincent kind of over the last few years at the top, top of their tree of people that you would want to emulate like on and off the course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a, I mean, I remember the first time that I met him truly was in, in Montreal and he was just a really cool guy. Like he was, he was really nice and he was genuine. Um, and you see this like figure on the race course that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's intimidating and he's competitive and he's, he dominates, right? Like he's so good at what he does and he's so good across all three sports, but off the course, he's a really good guy. Like he's just a really nice, easy to talk to fun guy. And I think that, um, that was really cool for me. Mm. Uh, what do you consider your strengths and weaknesses as an athlete? Um, I guess surface level for sure. Swimming is my strength. Running is my weakness. Um, I think one thing that I, I do like to, I would say pride myself on um, is I feel like I do a pretty good job of like learning from mistakes and learning, or I guess just taking ownership of mistakes and trying to learn on them. Um, so I think, that's something that has, has brought me, I, I guess it's taught me a lot. So I think I would say that, um, but yes, I guess swimming is for sure my strength and running is my weakness, but hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm working on that and I'm continuing to develop my run. All right. Um, outside of triathlon, what's your biggest interest hobbies? Um, I really, I, I enjoy cross country skiing in the off season. So I, I like to do that. Um, I just, I actually like only for a few years I've done that, but it's definitely such a challenge. Like it's, it's humbling being so bad at something and trying to learn, you know, trying to like learn a new thing. So I'd say that, uh, I like to golf occasionally. Sometimes in my free time, I like to go camping every once in a while. Um, for sure. Like to cook a lot. My girlfriend and I, we both enjoy cooking. So that's, she's a triathlete as well. And, um, a lot of the time that we spend together is training and, and cooking. So I'd say probably those things. One of my questions was going to be if, um, wh what is one thing that you eat as a triathlete that if you weren't a triathlete or a high functioning sports person, that, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. Ice cream. hundred percent. Yeah. I eat ice Just cream gallons like of the stuff. pretty much every night. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. And I've, you know, I've got my favorite brands and favorite flavors and all this stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm happier when I'm eating ice cream. And I think it's like, luckily for me in my situation right now, I can burn it off and get away with it, but probably won't be able to do that forever. <laughs> Something people don't know about you. I work, I work full time in financial services for a company called Robinhood. Uh, a lot of people that are like close to me know that or know me because I'm, I spend a lot of time doing that. Um, but yeah, it's like a, it's an investing platform. Yeah. And been in the news a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. They've been in the news a lot, good and bad, but, um, I've, I've been with them for just about a year. So I, I decided, I think like I I'm happier when I have a lot more going on and I, uh, it's been a good distraction for me. So I think, you know, it's hard to just focus on training all the time. And I think work has given me that, uh, outlet to kind of focus on different things as well. Right. So have you got, bit of a crypto thing going on the side as well then you i mean it's fallen off the face of the earth the last couple of months hasn't it okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not too heavy on the whole crypto thing, but um, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely lost some traction since the highs, like whatever, a few months, a few months ago. Uh, but no, yeah, I like to. It's it's an enjoyable job for me for sure. I'm I'm like an analyst sort of for them, so I um, do a few different things. But it's it's just like a good distraction. It's mm. cool. Was was maths what you were majoring in 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 college then? No, I was actually a finance major. Right. So. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed math and I had a lot of math classes as well, but finance was like the the big thing. Yeah. So you'll carry that on, like the plan is you can carry that on like in conjunction with the, the racing, right? Yeah, I've I've just kind of decided that if if it ever gets to a point when it's taking too much away from triathlon, then I'll uh, take a step back because triathlon for sure is where my priorities are at right now. But um, I think it's just a, it's a healthy distraction right now. And that's pretty much all it is. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Conscious of time, just a final one, 2022, it looms large ahead of us goals for the season without, you know, just, just where, where are you, what are you targeting and, and what in November, December time, will you look back on and feel like you've achieved if you hit what targets? Yeah, I think it's, it really just comes down to being consistent and I want to race with a lot of confidence. Um, and I think luckily I'm in a spot now where I can kind of plan a season and actually focus on certain races. So I want to, um, for sure, be competitive, be in the mix in the, in the series WTCS series. And, um, I think my first race will be Yokohama, but I want to, uh, I want to just, you know, crack into the top 10, crack into the top 15, just be, be at the pointy end of the race, like you said, and just keep throwing myself, in the mix and um just keep learning from those opportunities but yeah i just want to kind of be present in the moment and um really just like take advantage of opportunities learn from things in the races and uh hopefully by the end of the year i'll be firing on all cylinders in abu dhabi nice great well we look forward to seeing you out there for sure thank you very much for yeah. taking the time early start i think we've dispelled a few rumors and uh probably added a few as well in there that's good stuff thanks very much yeah it was a good time i definitely appreciate you having me on thank you just two years after becoming french junior triathlon champion emma lombardi made something of an entrance in her first ever championship finals appearance pulling clear of the field over the second half of the 10 kilometer run to earn the title of under 23 world champion in emphatic fashion Clearly a big part of the next generation of French triathlon talent coming through the country's ever impressive production line. Emma, welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you? Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, right now I'm in the south of France in Saint-Fail where I'm training along the year. Very nice too. How is the south of France at the moment? Yeah, looking pretty nice. Uh, we have uh, the sun and uh, the temperature is uh, is really good, so it's perfect for training. Is this a training group that you have spent a lot of time with in the past as well? Is it the same kind of group you were with in the run up to Edmonton and so on, or are you starting anything different for this year? No, it's the same group uh, as I was uh, for Edmonton. Uh, I joined the group uh, in September. 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's my second uh, year uh, in uh, in Saint Rafael with this group. 
who else is in that group with you and and tell us a bit about your your the coaching team as well in the group uh, we have Leo Berger mm -hmm. uh, one of the, the elite uh, athletes and uh, I also train with uh, other uh, under 23 guys like uh, Valentin Morlec, Paul mm -hmm. Tum. Yep. Um, and, uh, and also two girls who joined the group this year. Right. And for the, the coach, uh, it's uh, Michael uh, Ayaslami. And uh, there is uh, also a group of uh, young, young athletes uh, who is trained by uh, Paul Lallier. Right. Great. Um, so September 2020 you, was when you, you joined them. Um, for, for, for a lot of people, you know, last year would have been the first time they would have heard of you. Uh, you obviously had a, a, a big race in Azicena as well as your, I think, was that your first World Cup? Yes, it was my first World Cup, yes. Um, and finished sixth there. And that was obviously a good few months ahead of, uh, ahead of Edmonton. But um, you know, for those who, <laughs> to all intents and purposes, you know, it, it seems like you you came pretty much out of nowhere with that Azucena race, and then with Edmonton. Um, obviously, that wasn't quite the case, but yeah, just just fill us in with uh, your. You came from a, a swimming background originally. You obviously joined this group in 2020, but what what was the uh, where was the link between swimming and triathlon? When did that come? Um, yes, I came from the swim. And uh, I did some races, uh, some triathlon when I was young, but just uh, for fun, uh, swim was uh, my main goal at the moment. And uh, progressively, I came in triathlon uh, when I was 16 years old. Um, so I did French uh, junior championships, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I still have a uh, a big uh, part of my training in uh, in swimming. I wasn't completely on triathlon uh, at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I I did go on triathlon uh, around uh, eighteen years old uh, uh, on triathlon, mm -hmm. and uh, I really started uh, international uh, competition last year. It yeah. was my my very first year of uh, triathlon right. international. Was there a sense of you know as a sixteen year old who's done swimming consistently for so long? Um, there seems to be quite a lot of people that enjoy the variety that bring in you know the run and the bike. Obviously, that sort of process of swim training at that level is uh, is is incredibly hard work, right? And, and obviously very one-dimensional i suppose yeah yeah it's a uh, very hard work uh, swimming and uh threatening uh brings uh yeah different uh different um different things and different practice with uh bike and uh, bike and run so so it was a it was a change but uh it was a good change so age 18 you became you know you, you, it became clear that you were going to make that that switch to triathlon a bit more 
officially, should we say. Um, was that about the time that you joined the Vallon de la Tour French Grand Prix team as well? No, I was already uh, in the in this team. Mm -hmm. uh, I am uh, in this team uh, for five years now, I think. Mm -hmm. So I was already with them, um, and uh, I was in the team before we we get to the French Grand Prix because there is three divisions, and uh, when I joined the team, uh, we were in uh, division two. Right. And uh, the next year, uh, we qualified uh, for Division One. And you know, as far as over the years, there's been there's been plenty of big names that have joined the circuit from international racing. Um, you know, uh, Rachel Klammer, non Stanford, Emma Jackson on the women's side, um, Javi Gomez, the Brownleys on the on the men's side. Um, so uh, and part of the Valon de la Tour team, you have uh, Angie Olmo, right? And and Barbara de Conning race this year as well, I think? Yes, and we have uh, see, uh, also um, Nicole van der Kaij. Ah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. she joined the team uh, last year. So how do, how do those sort of connections usually come about? How would a Nicole van der Kaij end up with Valon de la Tour or how would uh, yeah, how, how does that tend to work out? Um, I think uh, we can thank uh, Angie Olmo for Nicole uh, because <laughs> right. she, she knows her uh, pretty well. So she, she asked her and she said, come to the team. Uh, it's really fun, you will see. And, and she, she comes, so it's really good. And the format of those races, is it kind of standard throughout? Are they all sprint distance or does it vary in the yes. same way as the, it's always a sprint, a sprint distance, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was interesting after the Montreal series race, uh, the elimination format when obviously, yeah, yeah Dorian Connings won, Vincent Louis two, Leo Berger three, yeah. yeah. Um, and as part of his post race interview, Vincent Louis brought up how. You know, as a, it's something that kind of racing, particularly, like they've all been brought up on short, sharp racing. He, he said something like, you know, since he was ten years old, he's basically been racing in car parks and so on around France as part of the Grand Prix circuit. Um, yeah, do you do you feel like it's given you like a really, you know, that that kind of thing has given you a really solid grounding for your racing as well? Is it inform your style? Yeah, French Grand Prix, I think uh, it's really interesting races uh, because, like you said, there is uh, some international athletes that came. So uh, it's a really good school before going on European Cup or uh, World Cup. Uh, it's really a good experience. And uh, I then think uh, it uh, gives you a little taste of what uh, international race uh, is so so it's uh, very very good mm. you learn uh, you learn uh, a lot uh, from this race yeah well uh, yeah exactly as a as a young athlete kind of coming through and you have suddenly an Angie Olmo or someone there who like when you started out who were the the ones who were the names that were there that you were kind of able to to look up with and and run and race either alongside or against that 
you know you wouldn't have just you just wouldn't get that opportunity normally can you remember any specific uh in the early days i, I would say uh cassandra grand or leon Perio. i know it's yeah. french chatelet but uh they were like the best and uh you're racing against her so it's really impressive uh at the beginning and to have cassandra and leonie and uh obviously vincent and, and leo and so on yeah. like you know to have those guys performing the way they were and and like this the, the depth as well in those teams was was incredible right you know there was always someone if someone couldn't race in the relay for example someone else was was available was ready to to step in it must have been incredible through that i suppose 2018 19 2020 that sort of period where french athletes were just smashing it you were just coming through as well it must have been a very inspiring time for you as a as a young french athlete yeah, they are, they are all very uh, impressive. Uh, they are among the best athletes uh, in our sport. So when uh, we see them racing and uh, we see the cohesion in the group, uh, we really want to be part uh, of this team. And uh, it's really, really amazing uh, to, to see them and uh, have the chance uh, to, to race uh, with them. Is there a... Is there a, a line, a fine line between it, having those kind of people in front of you, between that being an inspiration for you and being a bit of a, oh my God, how can I punch through into that, <laughs> into that kind of level? Where where does that sit? Yeah, uh, it's uh, I follow them. I I I try to to see their experience and uh, and take it for me and uh, see uh, where. Uh, it's going to to take me, and uh, yeah, I, I, they are in the big level. So I, you have to say to yourself, yeah, I want to be part of this, and um, and also, wow, they are very impressive. Uh, how I'm gonna make uh, make this happen for me? So yeah. uh, it's a balance, I think. Yeah, no, I can imagine, and and as far as the the French Grand Prix season when does that run from and, and until like will you be pulling on the green of Valon de la Tour <laughs> in the coming months again or do you just sort of have to fit it in around what you're obviously wanting to do as well um the season starts in uh, May uh, mm -hmm. for the French Grand Prix uh it's May until September uh May to September sorry mm -hmm. uh and uh for now, I know that I will do, I think, the French, the first one of the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest, it will depend on the international season. And, and Barbara de Koning, where, you know, how did, how did that come about, her, her joining your, the, the team there as well? And she was obviously someone who raced in Edmonton against you, was, was very much there at the pointy end of that race too, and still has at least a couple of years left in the under 23 i think and looks like she could be yeah you know a real future talent for the netherlands yeah she was still junior in edmonton mm. uh yeah. she was really impressive she joined the team last year too uh, because uh her team where she was uh wasn't uh, doing a grand prix anymore so we contact her and uh, and she joined the team, so it was really good to have her uh, 
in the team too. She's mm. a really, really strong, uh, strong athlete, uh, and she's still very young. So it was, it was good. Yeah, she raced Quatera as a in the junior world champs and and Edmonton in the yeah. twenty three world champs, right? So, um, and and any other you know youngsters in that team that you're you've got an eye on as as potential future stars? Obviously, the, like the theme of these is very much kind of breakthrough athletes, and that's part of the reason we're talking to you. But have you kind of spotted any any talent there that you think could really uh, be a name to watch for the a little? further down the line should we say um last year i only did one french grand prix so right. i wasn't really uh, with the with the team because there is five races uh for the grand prix uh, in the yeah. in the season um but uh i think yes barbara uh we have also a non-garian girl marta kropko uh-huh of I don't know if you know her. No, haven't. No. How old is she? Uh, I think she will be junior two this year, so maybe around eighteen. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I would say Barbara and Mata. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, now, as you know, we have been doing a few standard issue questions for uh, for everyone that we've, we're getting on for these uh, ones to watch ones. So um, if you are ready for a, a bit more of a quick fire round, then we'll get into these. <laughs> okay. First one, uh, you know, I suppose it might be obvious, um, but given your result in Edmonton, but what do you consider your breakthrough race that, that after that moment you uh, you felt you were on the right path? uh Edmonton for sure yeah 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 Edmonton was a was a really really good race you know has it changed you your outlook on on everything you're doing since then um you know that it, it must at the very least have put some serious spring in your step <laughs> um or maybe as an extension of that just giving you even more of a, a drive to to know like you know you've got what it takes and it, yeah there's there's some huge names that have taken that title in the past yeah uh after edmonton uh i would say uh yeah it gave me uh like most strength for uh for training you to see uh what uh what i can do uh i wasn't uh really expected this result uh in edmonton i was really surprised uh because it was uh, my first uh, olympic distance and my first world championship so uh before the race i was like uh, okay uh we will see i just do the race and we will see so it was a a, a little a little bit shock with the result mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i would say after after edmonton uh try i try not to change uh how i um how i train or uh, how i i am in in the life uh, but uh, yes most more uh, i want uh, i want uh, more obviously and uh, and uh, i i can see that uh, that i can do it so it was uh, it was good definitely very modest of you <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, yeah, I want to obviously want to go a bit deeper on the, the Edmonton race later on, but the, it was interesting, you know, as you crossed the line, it was kind of clenched fists and a sort of a real, like, oh, I did that. And, but then just as you had, and you, it was a sort of look of, it was a look of disbelief that kind of came across your face. Yeah. It? Uh, I was like, uh, no, this, this can happen. Uh, I, I, I was really shocked. Uh, you know, when, when you're racing, uh, when I was running, I, I just uh, I was just thinking of uh, crossing the line. Don't think too much of the result, but then uh, you cross the line and and you 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 won. So it's uh, it's amazing, and uh, I was uh, I was really surprised uh, about my about myself. So yeah, it was a little shock. Yeah, it was a great moment for sure. And like I said, we will come to that a little bit more in detail in a moment. But um, yeah, as far as inspirations to getting you to this point and presumably getting you through all those years of swimming training as well, you know, who have been the, the people that you've looked up to and have driven you forward as well? Uh, I would say uh, Jessica Lermans because she came uh, from the swim too. Uh, and she's really, really strong uh, in triathlon. She's one of the best uh, athletes. So it, she's really, uh, really impressive. And after, I would say uh, it's not a triathlete, it's a biathlete, Martin Fourcade. Okay. A French Tell biathlete. Us more. Right. Um, he had a very long career, like tenure, and was uh, very regular. So really impressive and he won like uh, five uh, Olympics uh, gold medal. So uh, yeah, really, really impressive. And I would say maybe uh, Cathy Leuduki, the swimmer. Right. She, okay. she was uh, very young for her first uh, Olympics and she was so, so strong. So yeah. So Jess Lemont is someone whose style you would like to to emulate a bit. I don't suppose she wasn't racing in Azerchina, was she? So you haven't had a chance no. to share. No, no, no. I no. She wasn't in Azerchina, no. But that um that kind of gritty leading from the front sort of style of racing is something that you you aspire to. Yeah, yeah, and all the all the Great Britain the Great Britain team, uh, all the athletes are really really strong, like Georgia Taylor Brown or. Uh, even Lucy, Lucy Charles Barclay, who debuts this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they are all uh, really impressive. So who would be your ideal training partner? And where would that week of training take place? You know, if you had a week with anyone, who and uh, where? I think it will be with uh, my brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also do triathlon. And so just... Uh, just a week uh, with him, uh, maybe at home, and uh, just will be really nice. It's funny the the third person that in a row now who has said either um, with your training buddies or with your old school friends or with your brother, and <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> yeah, your strengths and weaknesses you see, you know, within within yourself as an athlete. Are you the kind of person that that you know analyzes are you quite hard on yourself um you know what kind of an athlete are you uh 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm a little bit hard on myself. Uh, I love when things I, are perfect. And uh, sometimes I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I can be a little, little hard on myself, but, uh, but uh, I also I think uh, realistic. Uh, and just uh, just want to do uh, to do my best and see uh, where, uh, where where can I go and in terms of training what um, you know what are the what are the drills or, or sessions that you particularly do and don't look forward to uh, I really like long swim session or long running session uh, but I I don't really like when uh, there's like speed session uh, in swim or in running uh, because it's really a weak point for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not uh, really, really fast at this uh, intensity. So uh, I don't look forward when uh, we have that type of session. Preferred format, Olympic distance, sprint distance, or even elimination or indeed uh, arena games is that something that you might have your eye on uh, I think Olympic distance and sprint distance uh, are my favorite mm -hmm. because uh, elimination distance it's really short and uh, it, you need to be to have a really good speed and uh, it's not uh, it's not a strong uh, point for me so it can be it can be a little bit tough Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, we, we can segue from there into back back to Edmonton. If you're saying Olympic distance is your preferred distance, <laughs> then that was your literally your first competitive Olympic distance race. Um, yes. And it was it, it came two months after Kids Ball, right? The European Championships, yes. which were yeah. sprint distance. Um, did your did your training style the sessions you were doing have to change considerably for those two months was it was it from from kitsball finishing was it all eyes on edmonton and very much like a, a detailed program to get you to the right point heading to canada um uh after kitsball for sure we were uh, very much on uh, edmonton races uh but uh i think the program um he didn't really, really change of what we we did the entire year. Uh, we 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 were really on a preparation uh, for uh, Olympic distance, and uh, and uh, yeah, we did a preparation for sure for Kitzbühel, but uh, this wasn't uh, the main goal of our uh, of our uh, our of our season, so. Yeah, for Edmonton, we we continue what we we did uh, along the year. And that was back in the south of France, was it? Did you go back there for the preparation for that? Uh, no, for um, Edmonton, uh, I did go in Fourmeu. Um, it's uh, an camp. Yes, altitude camp. Uh, I. I was gone for like three weeks, I think. Yeah, <coughs> we, we did go for three weeks uh, in altitude. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a really, really good uh, training camp. 
and uh, and yeah, we did a, a good uh, good work, and uh, ev everything went uh, went well. Was that prior to the Olympic Games, or just after, or were there was it a time when there was, you know, the the triathlon world had descended on Fonrami as well? Or? It was during the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. okay. So we watch uh, the triathlon, uh, the Olympic, the, the Olympic Games tri triathlon uh, in Forum. How was that as a uh, who who were you with there, and you know how how was that as a as an experience, just sort of watching it all? There was uh, Leo Berger, so we were uh, really a little bit stressed uh, for him. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to him to do the best. Yeah. And uh, and of course we watch uh, the other athlete of the French team, and and uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a uh, really uh, impressive and uh, inspiring uh, inspiring I think for for all of us to have that just before building up to what was obviously your biggest race. Yeah, you know, today it must have been must have been a nice sort of thing to to put it all into perspective. How were you? From that point into Edmonton, how were you feeling? Were you kind of in a in a confident place? Were you were there some nerves? Were you kind of relaxed? And obviously, there was still that uncertainty of the fact that it was your first Olympic distance race. I think there was a mix uh, of all. Uh, I was uh, I was uh, a little bit stressed, uh, of course, because uh, this was uh, my first Olympic distance. So. I didn't know really what to expect. Uh, I didn't know how uh, I was going to do on this distance and uh, if it's uh, if it's gonna be okay. But uh, I was also relaxed and ready because uh, the preparation went really well and uh, the work was uh, was done. So I, I just have to do the race and, and see. And it was a long day. It was, you know, an unusual day with four back-to-back -back races. It was under 23 women and then the two elite races and then yeah. under 23 men at the end, right? But uh, probably quite a relief that you could get yours out of the way and done first, was it? To yeah. be, I mean, yeah, for yeah. those U23 men having to yeah, wait around to all wait, day yeah. through three races must have been tough. Um, there's nothing like that feeling of knowing you've got yours done and can just kind of kick around and watch a bit and... <laughs> Do your thing yeah, after yeah. yeah it was uh yeah it was the morning so it was a uh, really cool like the race was uh we did the race and we have the entire day after our and uh, the under 23 guys have to wait the entire day so it's not uh it's not uh it's not the same but uh, it was uh, really good to be to be the first and there were plenty of people on that start line that you know certainly wasn't their first under 23 certainly not their first uh, standard distance race were there were there particular folk that you you know knew you wanted to be in and around coming out of the swim certain you know other athletes that you had earmarked that you wanted to keep an eye on or that were, were particularly threatening i don't uh, yeah i was really focused on my on my race uh wasn't to looking uh, on the other, uh, I just uh, I just knew that uh, I wanted to validate the swim to be at the front and be really a uh, actor of my race. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I was just uh, looking step by step on the race, uh, just uh, the swim after uh, the bike and then the run, uh, but uh, wasn't really looking at the other uh, other girls. So by the end of the bike, you must have been doing a little sort of systems check and were you, were you still feeling in pretty good shape there and then coming out on, onto the run? Do you remember being kind of pleasantly surprised at, at how the legs were feeling at that point? Um, not at the beginning. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> no, uh, at the end of the bike, uh, when we, we started the first kilometer on the run, uh, I wasn't uh, really, really good. Um, I have... Uh, my legs were a little bit, uh, how can I say, hard. Um, mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the of the run, uh, it wasn't uh, really really good. But then uh, I just, uh, uh, just uh, loosened the, up. Yeah, the rhythm just uh, come and uh, and the sensation were were better. But um, on the bike, uh, the girls. Uh, we did a really, really good job, and they were very, very strong. And we were only five, if I remember well. So mm-hmm. we have to to turn a lot. So uh, and it was like uh, thirty kilometers. Uh, so it's really long. <laughs> but um, but uh, we we did a good. Uh, good effort uh, all of us so at the end of the bike I was uh, a little bit down but uh, after uh, it went well uh, on the run and as you said the rhythm just kind of kicked in did it and then um, it was at that dead turn on the third lap that you just kind of put the hammer down was that is a dead turn a good place always if you're feeling good to just is that a good moment to test those around you and just be like okay can you come out of here? Is there any premeditation there? Um, no, not really. Uh, I I waited because uh, my my coach said, "Wait, it's very long, ten kilometers. Uh, you we have uh, we have done the the bike before and the swim, so it will be longer until the finish line." Uh, so I. I wasn't so really good at the beginning, like I said, uh, of the run. Hmm. Um, but then uh, we did the, the second lap and uh, I was going much better. And on the third lap, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, why not? Uh, I can go. And I, I was hearing that the girls uh, from the second group were uh, were coming. Uh, there was uh, less and less time at uh, every lap. So I yeah. said, yeah. Uh, I go and I will see. Uh, I will see uh, how this uh, how this uh, will happen. And boy, did it happen! Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, it, it was over a minute. I think the win margin in the end, similar to I think Taylor Nib two years before Emily Morier. You know that it, you're in you're in good company there as far as um, that that moment and, and to be able to do it. Like you said, you know, maybe the the sprint isn't isn't your strongest suit at the moment. So to be able to do it with a bit of with a bit of room and to enjoy it, make yeah. a make a big difference. Huh? Yeah, 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 really, really, really. Because uh, I think uh, if the other girl uh, came uh, came back, uh, it wouldn't have been uh, 
the same. Uh, like you said, the sprint uh, isn't uh, my uh, my favorite thing. So yeah, it was it was cool to have a, a little uh, seconds uh, uh, in uh, in advance. Mm. And then after <clears throat> you know, with your coach, um, must be a, a lovely moment to share. And yeah, we he was really really happy, and uh, I didn't have much time to see because i have to go to the anti-dopage doping yeah -doping. yeah anti -doping, uh, test so so i didn't see him uh, very long but uh yeah he was uh, really happy and the work uh, the work uh, has uh, has paid and uh, it was it was a uh, uh, very much better than in uh, Kitzbühel, who I uh, have a, a tough, uh, tough race, tough final. So, so yeah, it was uh, just cool. And it must have felt pretty surreal. Obviously, you start at the start of the race. Part of you will have felt that that you had that in you, but probably at the same time, not fully. You weren't necessarily expecting to take that title. So, you're obviously a very level-headed modest person too it's, it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that you're, you're going to suddenly be like whoa yeah world champion but it yeah it must it must have been a pretty strange feeling was it yeah yeah for i think for for several days uh, i i still can't uh, i was still can't believe it uh i was like no that wasn't me that wasn't me and i received uh, you know, a lot of uh, of message of message uh, to congratulate me and it was like really surreal uh, and uh, and yeah uh, I, I was like uh, really uh, no no that's not me I didn't do that but uh, yes uh, it was and uh, yeah very very good uh, feelings and uh, yeah I can I can describe it uh, because uh, yeah so surreal so there was a good few weeks after that you were still able to feel the kind of the warm glow of the win and have that just still running through you i i needed some days to to really realize and uh and yeah I, after and uh you, you started to realize uh, you rethink of the race and uh and yeah it started to yeah to be in you and to be yeah I did uh, I did this did you get a little celebration in with family and friends when you when you got back home no uh sadly no uh, because I get back in San Rafael so my family wasn't uh wasn't there and uh uh when I get back like uh two of Two days after uh, I uh, fall off uh, the bike and uh, I broke uh, one of my uh, bones. I saw on your Instagram the, uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you about this. So, uh, <laughs> it was yeah, just a training accident. Yeah, a training yeah. accident, yeah. Uh, I slipped uh, on the road uh, and uh, the road was a little bit wet and so I slipped with the bike. And mm. yeah, so... I didn't have time to to celebrate uh, when I uh, when I got back home. Shame, but that was always going to be the last race of the season, was it? Edmonton was that, or, or did the injury put put 
put things back as far as racing as well yeah um i was planning to do uh the bermude uh, but they were cancelled. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Edmonton was my last uh, race of the season. Right. Yeah, I saw. <coughs> excuse me. On um, yeah, on your Instagram, like I said, the 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 injury, but but you were still kind of smiling through it, as you seem to be in most of your <laughs> photos on there. I mean, it's you're you're obviously um, yeah. Would you say you're a very kind of positive and and generally cheerful person? As you know uh it, it depends uh i i don't know if i'm always uh positive uh but uh but yeah i try to keep uh keep the smiling uh but uh it was uh, a little bit hard to, to fall just after edmonton and didn't have the the chance to continue racing uh uh um the shape was good so I I would have loved to see uh, what uh, what I, I I would have done uh, under other races of the of the season, but uh, but that that uh, wasn't uh, that didn't go as planned. So no. maybe this year we will see. Well, but you're obviously a person who loves what you do, and yeah. you're feeling in in good shape now. Uh, you know, start of February. You've had some time off, presumably. You're building back up to, you know, where you where you want to be as the, the start of the season slowly comes into view. Um, yeah, things things feeling good, looking good for 2022. Yeah, yeah, the the training are uh, are good. Uh, feeling uh, feeling pretty pretty good. Uh, we did uh, a big uh, winter preparation, so. So yeah, I think uh, for uh, March, end of March, uh, we will be. Uh, I will be ready uh, to race. Uh, to race again. And as far as hitting those those start lines, um, are you able to to kind of pick and choose a bit? How does it work when you've got you know obviously like such a strong and large contingent of of French women around you as well? Yeah, we are really good. Uh, good team. So, uh, so it, they have uh, to do uh, some uh, selection. Uh, we can't, we can't uh, all be on the on the same uh, race, um, but uh, we have some um, some uh, how can I say uh, access critter access on different uh, races. So if you do them, uh, you will be uh, you will be on the race. Yeah, yeah. And Abu Dhabi, will you be? Yeah, yeah, I still have uh, <coughs> three years, maybe. Right. Three years uh, in uh, under 23. So, yeah, we will see. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing how 2022 shapes up and, um, yeah, how it, all, how it all pans out. Thanks so much. It's been great to, to get to know a bit more about Emma Lombardi. And, uh, yeah, we wish you, wish you well for well yeah what will be your first race since becoming under 23 world champ will probably be that first french grand prix race will it uh no i think it will be uh the european cup uh, in uh, Cartera. great yeah. place for a race yeah it will be my first time uh, here so i will see all right well thanks ever so much emma great thank speaking you. to you thank you very much
Take care. Thanks. Bye.